Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Gamecock Nation, what is up? Happy Friday. We are getting ever so close to game week. Yes, Brandon, in the chat, I see you. Is this really happening? Are we almost at game week? Yes, we are. Today, we're going to go ahead. We're going we're gonna to move it on ahead. We're going to move it on forward. A little bit of Georgia State talk today. Um, Chris, we are officially in our mock game week as well, much like South Carolina. Um we're going to go ahead and get a little head start on the game plan for next week and talk about Sean Elliott, talk about Georgia State. Of course, as y'all know, all week long, we'll be talking about Georgia State. I'm already working on a guest or two to join us next week to talk about what to expect from Sean Elliott's crew. But, uh, you know, man, I felt like we've talked about South Carolina itself for weeks now, for months now. So, I'm ready to be talking about an opponent. We'll be doing that very soon, and we're going to go ahead and kind of start to preview that today. But there are other things as well uh, to talk about some big news today. But first, got to tell you about our buddy Clint Hammond, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. Check out Clint if you're in the market for a new mortgage. We'll tell you tell you a little bit more about Clint later on. I want to talk some ball. Chris, what's going on, man? Man, a lot. You and I are – Wide open, busy, which is awesome because it is – I really do feel like it, it is game week. We are little over a week out, but, dude, it, it, it is here. I, I can sense the excitement from Gamecock fans. You and I were out at Charwood today doing the 107.5 show uh, presented by Firehouse Subs and tons of Gamecock gear on. We, now, there were, some, there were some strays, right? We had – Ohio State fan out there. Saw in Ohio State. Luckily, Ryan Brewer didn't get a hold of him. We saw Coastal Carolina. We saw a few stragglers, but a ton of Gamecock gear. Just a lot of excitement. A lot of people talking about Gamecock football. Um, a lot of news going on. Some things coming up with recruiting. Some team news. Some Jadavion Clowney news. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. So, a lot to get to. But I, I for one... I, I, I like talking about this team, covering this team, covering the recruiting. But I, like you, am a little bit ready to get into some opponents, some people that South Carolina is going to be playing. Let's start breaking down the game. That That's another really fun part of all this. Yeah, SC Scout guy says, Chris seems giddy and Wes seems all business. But is this another mistaken identity? Like, I, I feel like I am – I feel like I am giddy. Like, I am – I am here for it. Like I am ready. Giddy up. Not that Chris isn't, but I was like, I I don't feel all business at all. Like I am, I am pumped. Like I'm I'm here for this. And um, I've been listening to this Georgia State podcast that's actually like very very informative. 
I know all about their two deep now. Like I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready. And um, I think Sean Elliott's going to have this team ready as well. So this, this is a very intriguing. I feel like because of all the other different things to talk about South Carolina, new players, um, you know, just storylines within your own program. If you're a Gamecock fan out there, we've known obviously who the opponent was. Nobody's really specifically talking about Georgia State this entire month, I, I feel like. So it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's not the one where sometimes fans all offseason long, you hear like, oh, I'm worried about this matchup. I'm worried about this matchup. I don't feel like I've gotten that from the fan base. I don't feel like that's been a common thing. It's been more like, well, just don't don't let Sean Elliott come in here and beat <laughs> South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium. So. um the big news today, though, man, before we dive into Georgia State and start talking a bit about this actual game, Jadavian Clowney, his jersey will be retired by South Carolina. Um, some new lettering going up on the press box at williams Bryce Stadium. It's going to be at halftime of the Georgia State game, so just another reason for you to be there for the opener. Going to be a great atmosphere anyway, new LED lights, uh, new sound system. 100 different reasons that you should be there. But this is another one. Clowney getting his um, jersey retired by South Carolina. Chris, it's been a, a little while coming, I, I think. Um, oh, yeah. This is something I think uh, I think we can safely say South Carolina has been working towards doing uh, for a while. Um, yep. It's kind of been anticipated, and, and now it happens. Uh, Cam says, will Clowney be at the game? Yes. And, um, I mean, dude, this is a guy that, Number one overall pick, number one prospect out of high school, arguably one of the best high school recruits, or I would say the best high school recruit on paper in the last 20 years as far as the state of South Carolina, maybe you know going back even before that. So 100 different reasons as well that Clowney is having his jersey retired. I, I was just thinking about this, man. <clears throat> this news hasn't been out that long. But in processing it, I think it's kind of like closing this loop. You know, you and I were exchanging some emails with uh, Brian Shoemaker, our outstanding publisher at Gamecock Central just a little while ago, our boss. And we were talking about the year 2012. You remember this? And the amount of excitement that was around the Gamecock program then. We specifically had mentioned the 35-7 to Georgia game. Jadavion Clowney had had a big role in that game, obviously. Aaron Murray probably still has nightmares uh, about that game. Just com- complete destruction from top to bottom. Loudest I've ever heard williams Bryce. And I was just thinking back to the amount of excitement. I think the excitement level for Gamecock fans going into this season is – maybe the highest it's been since that time period, that 20, you know, certainly you count in 11, you count in 13, but I think it's the highest. So now you've got all these different things. You've got year two, the Shane Beamer era. You have Spencer Rattler. At this point must be good since you soloed me up. You got Spencer Rattler. You've got new LED lights. You've got new sound system. You've got the highest season ticket sales in quite a while. So you've got all these different like factors, right, for game one, a night game. And now you bring in Jadavion Clowney, you know, from those golden years. So I think it's a 
it's pretty cool in terms of timing. Like you said, they have definitely been working on this for a while, but I think the timing really works out to where game one, things are already going to be kind of at a fever pitch, I think, in terms of the excitement level. It's not it's not the same as if they like opened with Georgia instead of Georgia State, but still a ton of excitement. The atmosphere, like the stars are aligning for the atmosphere, and now you get Jadavion Clowney's jersey retired. I think it's really, really uh, a neat opportunity and a neat thing to do right now. Yeah, so, man, I was telling um, the, the Gamecock Club I was at yesterday, I was like, you go back to that time period you're talking about, and I, I think we've talked – I know we've talked about this. I think we've talked about it on the air as well. There was a time when on game day – have I talked about this before? Like the barometer where if Carolina was playing an SEC game, that game mattered. And uh, it wasn't only if they were playing like Georgia. It was, you know, South Carolina as a team in the hunt for the East – is playing, you know, oh, is this the week that could Missouri beat South Carolina or could Kentucky knock off South Carolina as a big upset back then? You know, like South Carolina mattered in the SEC hunt during that stretch. And so there's a certain amount of relevance outside of just your own fan base that comes with the territory of being – a winner and consistently being in that conversation. South Carolina was out of, has been out of that conversation for a long time now. And, you know, I think if you're looking at the opportunity ahead, South Carolina has done an outstanding job of kind of taking advantage of the momentum they've had all off season. Go all the way back, man, beating Florida, beating Auburn, beating North Carolina, the Mayo bowl, getting Rattler and Stogner the same week that they got, that they won the Mayo Bowl. Fast forward ahead, they keep adding transfers. Some some guys that have been widely heralded as like, ooh, that's a sneaky good pickup for South Carolina. Then you go into SEC media days, the viral video, the Soldier Boy thing. South Carolina was kind of the darling of SEC media days as well. So you've, you've, you've ridden the wave right up to where we are right now, eight days before kickoff. Now you have to take advantage of that on the field. You know, like now now you have to go out there and perform up to the level needed to continue to be in that conversation. But they've at least put themselves in that conversation. And it starts with finding a way to beat Georgia State, not even handily, but at least by a decent amount this week. And then, man, I really think that South Carolina-Arkansas game in week two is a sneaky national game that's going to be in the the discussion. So it's all the stuff you're looking for if you're Shane Beamer. Yes, you took over a program that had won two games the year before. But there's so much opportunity ahead right around the corner right now. You're exactly right. South Carolina has done a phenomenal job of for a program that did go from – six wins in 19 and two in 2020 and taking a step forward last year been so many different things that have gotten them back into the conversation um think of some even accidental things like the whole the whole sir big spur thing i mean how many just impressions on social and on the web is south carolina getting now you know maybe you don't 
that's kind of the any any publicity is good type of thing, right? But between the job Shane Beamer and his staff did last year to bringing in Rattler and Juice Wells and Austin Stogner and some of these other transfers um, to even accidental stuff, maybe even like the Sir Big Spur thing, uh, the job that Beamer and Gamecock football do on social media. I mean, how many how many views did the, the Soldier Boy video get? Three million, something like that. So they've really become relevant again in the conversation. And so I think, look, for that reason and the fact that this is an older team, this is a team that has guys that have played a good bit of football, whether it's at South Carolina or at some other schools in some instances, this is kind of a leap year for the Gamecocks. And I don't think the fan base collectively is out there going, okay, you know, it's time to go to Atlanta. It's SEC title time right now. I do think there's an expectation of taking that next step and doing something more. And so um, a lot of people waiting on next Saturday to go play Georgia State. And this is not going to be – somebody in the chat earlier said, definitely not Eastern Illinois. You, you nailed it. That is definitely not Eastern Illinois. This is a team that returns, I think, 15 starters from a school that – or from a team that was pretty good last year and broke some school records. They've got good players. Sean Elliott, who's a giant Gamecock fan, and at one time was the interim head coach at South Carolina, is keyed up for this game. But it's a very, very important one for sure. Definitely, man. So I think if you look at, um, I guess we've jumped all around. Before we dive headfirst into Georgia State, um, any because we, we went into the the clowny years, then yep. we some I somehow brought us back to now from the clowny years. Um, yep. Any more thoughts on the clowny news itself? Before we go back to Georgia State, um, it's, it's just fitting that his name's going to be on the wall now, I think, or on the press box. And, uh, oh, worth pointing out, I have seen this question a couple of times. The number seven itself is still in play. So, Jordan Strong, Spencer Rattler, they don't have to start looking for other jersey numbers at this point. They don't have to change jersey numbers at halftime of the Georgia State game when the jersey's going to be retired. Uh, They're good. The athletic policy as of late is that you're retiring a jersey, not a number. Now, if you go back, some of the original retiring uh, situations, ceremonies, they actually were retiring a jersey number. So that's why, like Sterling Sharp, number two, you still don't see anyone wear number two because that number remains retired. So – Chris, that was a question we even had um, recently. Is we're like, well, you know, if they retire a number, what what happens to current guys? And yeah. um, but that is the policy across all sports right now is that you don't retire the actual jersey number. Yeah, especially you know it would have been a little weird if you, hey Spence, need you to need you to slip that off and find something else here at halftime or before the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really. Uh, big you know to to retire this jersey i mean again taking it back to just Jadavion Clowney, the impact he had on this program and i think there's there's a hunger among the fan base and i think has been for a while to kind of recapture on the recruiting trail the next Clowney, the next Lattimore. I, I think people are always searching for that you know any you know jordan birch a lot we got it during his recruitment 
well, well how good is he compared to Clowney? You know, and you kind of, all right, the, probably nobody as good as Clowney coming out of high school. There's not many of those guys out there. He's a rare breed, but I think that's why fans see a couple, a few just big time recruits and the impact that they had on the program at South Carolina. And they look back on those years and they want that next thing. And so I think this will, this will bring back some of those memories. And I think we'll also have people longing for, Hey, who, who do we get the most questions about now, Wes? Nicholas Harbor, because he's a big five-star athletic freak who people around South Carolina's program think is a, is a potential game changer, a potential program changer. And so that's, that's what people are looking for. Hey, Chris, how does Nick Harbor compare to Damian Clowney? Oh, boy. You know, that's the thing. I, I said that to somebody recently. It's like they were asking me about him, and I think this is like a more casual person, like hadn't watched all his track videos and his entire huddle highlight and everything like that. I'm like, hey, it, you know, did you ever see the videos of Jadavion Clowney running like the 100 meters in high school? Like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. He, he was flying. It's like, yeah, Nick Harbor would, would beat him, you know, pretty, you know, probably pretty handily. So, yeah, he, uh, I, I, I do not think – He's as good of a rush end as Jadavion Clowney was in high school. Because, man, that highlight – that was a highlight tape you would watch and just laugh. Like, that, that was the only reaction is you could just laugh at how insane it was. Maybe, maybe as good of an athlete, if not a better athlete oh. than Clowney, is the yeah. insane part. Like In, in terms of running and that, just the athleticism, yeah. The thing about Clowney is he had all that, plus he just had – this like incredible Hulk esque power. You remember when they had that machine in the weight room that can measure like force mm-hmm. and Clowney just destroyed everybody. And it's not, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, Clowney, I mean, back, you know, it's not like he was uh, working out five times a day in the <laughs> weight room. He just had his natural. He just had it all of it, you know? And, and it was amazing. Just natural, just explosive strength. Not just like strength, explosive strength. I think – sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. No, 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 go ahead. I mean, I always, when I think of Clowney, I think of so many plays. Like you think of Clemson, four and a half sacks. You think of uh, the Georgia game in 2012. Um, You think of the play where he sat, just spun him around like a rag doll, Melvin, Melvin Inger picks it up. The play I always think of him is that Tennessee game at Williams Bryce. Um, was that also 2012? I think it was. Clowney's playing through an injury. What was it? The Bone Spurs, I think. And Tennessee had come back and they were driving at the end of that game. And you had that feeling sitting there watching it. Okay. <laughs> Tennessee's that, not that in the game. The, that was the Lattimore game, too. Yep. Yep. So that, yeah. So you're sitting there going, Tennessee's going to win this game. Like they're driving, there's not much resistance. And then they get in the key play. Clowney, who's been, again, he's battling, he's playing hurt basically. And they needed somebody to make a play. And he was battling uh, Juwan James at left tackle all game. And he just went right around him and forced a fumble, and South Carolina wins. And and it was just it's just a complete he could just completely take over a game, unlike many people can. 
it was like when he when he wanted to when he decided yeah. this is over. <laughs> it was over. He it he decided. Over. He's like, I've got this play in me and I'm about to make it happen. And he did. It was amazing. Man, for me, it was the Clemson when when he broke the Death Valley single game sack record up there. And uh, when South Carolina's playing without Connor Shaw, and that was you know, that was I guess Dylan Thompson's like junior year. And you know, they, they played a pretty good game on offense, but the defense was just that defensive line led by Clowney was just swarming. And um that that is one of the most dom like the hit was cool, like it was a cool moment, but that was one of the most dominant games I have yeah. ever seen from a uh, a defensive line type player. So yeah, crazy. By the way, Clown Clowney Clowney didn't he it was so it was it was, it was kind of interesting how just it was like he had effective strength. Like I feel like if you if you were like, hey Clowney, we're gonna do some squats today, um he maybe wouldn't even be top ten on the team potentially. You know what I mean? Like it was just more like at what you were supposed at at the athletic movements and explosive strength that it takes to rush the passer. It was like God was just like you are you are meant to do this. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just yeah, like no, he, you're was, right. he was born to do that. Um yep. so I was with Jared Byron Jarrado yesterday and he was talking about you know some of the weight room stuff, but he was talking about how um he you know he still is actually the strongest guy by a lot of the numbers. And Jarrado would have been playing back then with Clowney, obviously. And um He's still the strongest guy on a lot of the weight room numbers right now. Do you know who is the current strongest guy on the team by like most of the numbers? Is this the pound for pound thing or just like raw weight? I think it's, it is a big guy. So okay. I don't, basically it, it, this was not specifics like somebody in the audience was like hey who's the strongest person on the team and it wasn't like he was like well and this and this but it was like yeah this guy's probably like overall the strongest guy on the team i mean my guess was going to be javon gwen yeah Ding. he's like um, best at everything apparently yeah. yes yes but uh, i also asked jerdo if, if gwen was stronger than jerdo was when he was in playing they said no. He's like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. that guy was strong as an ox. So how so, many records does he have? Like, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. The weight room. Yeah, we need to find that out. Like, I know he was he was a absolute beast in the weight room. Um, glad to see y'all getting in early on the questions about the game and, and where it's played. Chris and I are going to own, we're going to own the news next week on how to watch South Carolina, Georgia State. There's no doubt we'll have you. Covered. I can promise you that we're going to have exclusives. We may even interview an ESPN Plus engineer and uh, give you the background on streaming. the The short answer is that the game is on SEC Network Plus and ESPN Plus. That does not mean you have to buy ESPN Plus. Let's just get this out of the way. You don't have to buy ESPN Plus if you have SEC Network. You can watch the game. You just need to log in to an ESPN app on some device. doesn't matter what it is. Just log in on some device and watch the game. 
You can do it on a Game Boy, I think. Like just on anything, just log <laughs> in on Twitch, and and you'll be able to watch the game. But um, that question is going to be asked at least a thousand times next week. I feel like you do Especially not on Saturday, Saturday at seven p.m. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> look at look at Lou. What's an app? Yes. Kyle says I'm having deja vu right now. You you do oh, you do not also do not need to buy Gamecocks Plus, Wes. Although. You, you do, but not for this. Yeah, not for the game. <laughs> the game will not be on Gamecocks Plus. We got too many pluses going on. Yeah, what about Gamecock Central Plus? Well, we have on three plus. We do, we do don't we? <laughs> we do have that. Um, a Gamecock Central membership will also not let you watch the game, but you should have that too. Yes. I mean, but you just can't see the game with it. You can talk about the game, then come hang out with – me and Wes on the forums and read all our content. T says, watching from Section 9, do I need to log in? No, but you probably paid a pretty good penny for that uh, that spot. I like Section 9. That's a great spot. Um, James says, since they're putting the names on the press box, does that mean they're moving them from the side of the tunnels? Do you know if that's true? Or do you know the answer to that, Chris? If they're taking them off where, you know, they have the big signs. On the, on the concourses? On the ramps. Yeah, Ramp? yeah. Is, is he talking about just Clowney? Because he said putting name on the press box, removing name. Well, the the name on the on the tunnel though yeah. is for the records, right? So you know they have they have the four. Oh, the they're four retired yeah. jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part, I forgot about that. I don't know. It's a good. Question. I'm guessing they're moving them and taking them down from there because now there's five. So before it made sense that there were four. There's four turnstiles or whatever you would call them, four ramps, and. um I'm guessing they took them down from there. Eventually, maybe you see some video boards up there. So I think um, I think that's probably the case. Uh, the video of the guys in the stands has them removed. Okay, there you go, Dustin. Good call. Um, but yes, they have. They're adding the names below the press box. That is 100% true. Um, consolidating them says SC Scout guy. All right, let's talk Georgia State. Here's the thing, man. Like you said, this is a Georgia State team. For one, has a bunch of starters back. Two, when I'm looking at where they return all these starters, man, really, really experienced offensive line coming back. Really experienced defensive line coming back. And they have their quarterback back in Darren Granger, who is a Conway kid, took over last year. It was kind of interesting. He was not their starter last year. They had a guy who had taken over the position the previous season. Looked like he was going to like be their guy. He's their quarterback. Struggled a little bit. Darren takes over. Darren gets better and better. Has a great ball game. And now he is 100% their, their guy at quarterback. Couple of good running backs. Um, one of them you're very, very familiar with, Jamias Williams. Um, right off the top of my head, I'm not looking at their roster. They have a bigger back as well. It's kind of like a 1A, 1B type thing. Jemias is their kind of smaller, you know, lightning to the other kids' thunder. But, man, they're going to come in and try to run the football. Like, I, I think that's that's my biggest takeaway is that this is a team that is built the way Sean Elliott would want it. Good up front on the defense, good up front on the offense, and a quarterback that can run the football 
get into a lot of that zone read type stuff that he brought to South Carolina um, 12 years ago or whenever that was. They have some guys that can run. They've got Granger did a really good job last season of taking care of the ball. I think he only had like four or five interceptions. And then defensively, they're pretty solid. Their safety, Antavius Lane's really good. I think they have seven guys back from last season on the defense. And, you know, they set the school record for sacks. Pretty good team. And this is a team that's used to playing good competition. They played SEC games, you know, Think the Tennessee game, you think the Auburn game, they almost knocked them off. West side note, they play in the Sunbelt East and whew, App State, Coastal, Georgia Southern, James Madison, Old Dominion, and Marshall in that group. So very tough division that they play in in the Sunbelt East. But yeah, Sean Elliott, dude, I, he – they might there you might have like a stoppage in the middle of the game, like all right, guys, Coach Elliott has put a helmet on and he's now trying to come out on the field and play right guard or something like that. They they're gonna have to I think calm him down a little bit, but it, it is a test. This is not Eastern Illinois, this is not Charleston Southern. It's a game that I totally concur. We'll continue, you know, breaking it down throughout the rest of next week and get into more detail, but this is not an easy test for South Carolina and you're right running the football uh, for Georgia state, stopping the run for South Carolina. That's going to be a priority, you know, right from the get go. And we're, we're going to learn, I think something even about this team. Yeah. They, they've done a good job, man, of just building up their lines of scrimmage, keeping guys in that program. You know, I, I think it's maybe four of their five, maybe all five of their starters are back, but they're, they've moved a guy. You know, teams will kind of do that. Well, we'll swing this guy into guard or swing this guy out to take over for left tackle. For the most part, most of their guys are back. So they feel, just judging by what their people are saying, they feel pretty good about their groups on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, I think receiver kind of maybe their biggest question mark or one of their biggest question marks right now. Um, secondary, I think they're okay in the secondary. They're solid. Um, but they're going to sort of make their hay up front, and then I don't think they're going to do a ton in the passing game as far as this being some type of, you know, high – what's my word? Like, it's not a super complicated offensive scheme where you're going to go throw the football 50 times. Like, they're going to get the quarterback involved. It's going to be, I'd imagine, RPO-type stuff. They do have a new coordinator, um, but it's going to be a lot of QB run. It's going to be a lot of mixing and matching these running backs running with the quarterback, the stuff you would expect from Sean Elliott. So nice little interesting game one test, uh, I think, for South Carolina. Um, but we got all week to talk about it. So, Chris, let's talk a little recruiting. Um, upcoming, by the next time we have a show, it'll be the day that um, Desmond Yumeazulu, close. Um, sure, sure will be making his announcement on Monday. Yep. Um, Gamecocks have steadily sort of um, pushed into the mix and then maybe even pushed into the prime spot here. There was a lot of Ohio State chatter for a while. That's sort of um, faded, I think, is the way I would say it. As we sit here right now, I think, you know, Gamecock fans should feel pretty good. Man. You talk. I mean, we've we've kind of asked who who's going to be the bookend to a Montague Rames. 
this guy fits the bill very, very well if they can pull this off. Yeah, and it's been an interesting recruitment to track because, you know, there are guys, Montague Rames is, is a great example of that, or say a, a Xavier McLeod or Marquis Anderson. You know, number one, those are in-state guys, obviously, and Desmond Yumiazulu is, is a Maryland guy from that DMV area. But the, those previous three guys I mentioned are all, you know, prospects that South Carolina have been on very early. I mean, in a lot of cases, uh, Marquis Anderson, for instance, I mean, he, he's a guy that the previous staff offered. So now you go to Desmond U. We can just call him that, make it a little easier, right? Save some time. Be more efficient. How about Des U? Des U. Cash Des. Des U. Cash like. Des U. So you go to him. And South Carolina, you know, here got involved a little bit later. You know, in Sterling Lucas, um, who has some schools up in that DMV area, has done a really, really good job relationship building. And I think – that's something we've heard about him pretty consistently. He came from the NFL, right? So a lot of the fans' first questions, you know, the first question was, well, can he recruit? Like, he can probably coach. He's coached in the NFL. Uh, but can he recruit? And I think he's answering that question, really, with with the proofs in the pudding a little bit. You know, it's a smaller sample size. It's been one year. But young, very personable, coached in the NFL. Like, he's got that pedigree. And – you know, he helps land Montague Rames. Um, and now Desmond Yu is someone that, yeah, they got in on him like a little bit later in a relative sense, but they've just stayed so consistent and steady with him. I think that's really, you know, what's helped them along the way to to kind of just stay steady, stay consistent, uh, be real with him along the way. That's something that Shane Beamer talks about a lot, and I think it's been really paying off in, in this recruitment. Is that 11 a.m.? Is that right? Um, yep, it should be 11 a.m. unless something changes. Yep, which, as we know, those things can change Good. last Good. you know, last minute. But, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll have complete coverage there, of course, leading up to it. And, of course, if you pick South Carolina, we'll have plenty of content after as well about what that means. But the uh, short answer is you've put together a really, really strong class on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And, again, dude, I still you know keep reminding people, I think Elijah Davis, um, you know, I think they're in good shape with them too, the JUCO defensive lineman out of East Mississippi. So that would be another additional guy, which would be um, you're kind of starting to look at this class, man. I mean, you're uh, you're almost at the point of putting the finishing touches on it, which is kind of crazy to say. It will end up being a little bit bigger class, I think, than maybe it would have been otherwise because you have some new rules. You don't, you're not limited to the 25. So – there's a few things you can do there that maybe you wouldn't have done otherwise. But right now, I mean, when they were headed into June, I mean, there was there was what? There was one commit, like it would have been Zabari Sandy. And then um, if I remember correctly, Chris, Trovon Ball committed at the very end of May, like super late in May. But then, so you go from super late May right up to, you know, the end of August. And now you're sitting at 19 commitments, and then Desu would be 20 if they get him. So that is almost, quite literally almost, your entire yeah. class. Yeah, I mean, Sandy and Ball in May, and then I think, you know, you just had a big run in June and, and you know, here going into August as well. And, Wes, if they got Desu, if South Carolina were able to land him, 
he would be the fourth highest ranked guy in the class, according to the own three consensus ranking. It would be Marky Anderson, Xavion Hardy, Xavier McLeod, and uh, Des Yu. And so here's the thing. Some of the top of the class, when you look at some of the recent acquisitions in, in late June, like Pup Powered, July, August, that's the top of the class now. So they're kind of, you know, they had, there, there are a lot of different reasons for that. You know, a lot of it has to do with timelines for guys, but they're starting to fill out the back half of their class with some of the top half, you know, in terms of quality. Definitely, man. And, and now you can, you can really focus on those final targets down the stretch. And I, I imagine, man, there will probably be a guy or two that will emerge. Um, there, it always seems like there's a guy or two that, that, get circled back to as well. Maybe a name we talked about earlier that kind of lost track of, or they commit somewhere else and they decommit guys always pop back up, but for the most part, they can kind of circle in on, Hey, here are the final targets and, and sort of go from there. Uh, somebody asked uh, or commented Chris on uh, Terrence love. Who's committed to Auburn. That's a guy you had some stuff on um, when South Carolina offered him. There's definitely some interest from him and in him, I, I think, uh, mutual interest with South Carolina. I'm glad Craig um, – by the way, shout out Craig. We got to meet Craig in person for the first time on Saturday. Appreciate you and your son coming out, man. Um, Craig asked about Chris Peel. I've been doing some digging on this one, Chris. So, Chris Peel was considered to be a Georgia lock. Um, and I don't really think that's the case anymore. So – it's kind of completely shifted from what I've heard. South Carolina is still involved. There's actually an article out there saying that Chris Pill, and it's, I mean, it's not an incorrect article. That's not what I'm saying. Chris Pill at one point recently told our Michigan site that he was going to take his official visit to South Carolina this weekend um, or this coming weekend for the Georgia State game, week one. And um, so I did some checking around on that. He is, um, he is now not going to take his official visit that weekend. It's going to be later in the season from what I've heard. However, he does plan and want to take an official to South Carolina. He also plans and wants to take officials to NC State and to Michigan. It seems like Georgia maybe is not as involved as they were before. Um, he took an unofficial to Michigan that I think went really well um, in the summer. That may be where the buzz is right now with Chris Peel. They maybe have the momentum, but um, South Carolina's in this, I think. And before, beating out Georgia, I think, was going to be tough. Now, I think this is – it's maybe going to be a three-way battle. South Carolina, Michigan, NC State. He officially has Georgia in there as his top four. So this is a guy, Chris, it's kind of – it's another interesting recruitment in that we talked about him probably very early on. We knew he was a big priority for South Carolina, but I don't know if they had quite as much traction as they wanted to or needed to. Georgia maybe has fallen back a little bit here. It could open back up and be an opportunity for them to kind of go full circle and possibly make a big run at him during the season as well. Yeah, and, you know, some people in North Carolina feel like NC State, you know, is in a decent spot with them too, so – I think ultimately, like you said, let's not call it too early. Um, South Carolina certainly still going to be in it, particularly if they do ultimately land an official visit, which is expected. 
Um, you got an in-state school in NC State. You've got Michigan, like you said, where he took uh, the strong visit this summer. So pretty open. There's already been, obviously, some shifts in this one. We had a chance to see him a little bit, Wes, this summer at seven-on-seven. Seven. Talented high school team. They got several guys on that team, a couple in the 2024 class at wideout that um, – in, in uh, Jordan Ship, Channing Goodwin, a couple guys to watch there that South Carolina is also recruiting. Um, so, you know, Carolina, they were watching – Chris Peel this summer, we got a chance to watch him. Kid that has good size, good length, um, and looks like a really good prospect. So um, that's kind of one of the question marks of this class, right? Like a lot a lot of spots are starting or are filled out or starting to get filled out, but you've got a couple big fish, and then you've got some other positions like, okay, what's going to happen at wideout? What's going to happen at DB? I think that is one of them. Um, and then the the guy I mentioned before, Terrence Love, who could really be, you know, a big safety or grow into a linebacker. Uh, did some digging on him, actually, Wes, recently. No visits scheduled right now. Still planning on taking some. Uh, South Carolina should get one, but trying to line up the schedules um, apparently has been a little bit of a challenge there, but still definitely someone that we're tracking. Yeah, and, man, logistics play into these things, too, as far as when a kid's going to visit um... – where he's going to visit, um, is it going to be an unofficial, is it going to be a little quick thing, is it going to be a full-on official visit? Um, Beamer talking this past week during the press conference just about how it sets up for them to have so many guys in for this Georgia State game, which um, I, I think is interesting. and something actually something I want to hit on here real quick, but first I want to tell everybody about our friends at Liberty Tax. Um, here, let me pull that graphic up so you all can see the number. Hopefully you don't need any help with the IRS right now, um, so you don't need this number quite yet, but go ahead and lock it in, 803-462-5576. Our friends right here in the Columbia area at Liberty Tax can help you out if you own a small business. Maybe you need advice, uh, maybe you need bookkeeping and payroll services for something like an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp. Again, if you owe money to the IRS, they can help work you help you work through that. A new Columbia location is at 551 St. Andrews Road. That's right by the Harbor Freight. They've got a Lexington office that's right by Dunkin' Donuts. That's at 1123 South Lake Drive and in Irmo by the Kroger at 7467 St. Andrews Road. Again, check them out. They'll help you out. Get you ready for tax time, 803-462-5576. And as we said earlier, our buddy Clint Hammond is the presenting sponsor. His NMLS number is 71597. His email address is chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. Big shouts to both of those guys, Clint and Larry, for supporting Gamecock Central for so long now and, of course, supporting our show right here on GC Live. But, man, Chris, so week one, I think, sets up pretty well for the reasons Shane Beamer sort of pointed out. There's no Clemson home game. There's no Georgia home game. There's no North Carolina home game, no Tennessee home game. If you fast-forward this thing, though, if you look at the first half of South Carolina's schedule, there's not really that huge marquee opportunity to have a big game that's at night to host players. So if you're them, do you just start funneling as many of these kids as you possibly can to week one against Georgia state, as we've talked about, will be a great atmosphere. Um, you know, sometimes you might have seen them say, well, let's kind of push, for this week three, for this Georgia game. But with it being at noon, 
I'm not saying you're not going to have a big group of recruits. You absolutely will. But if you're a kid from Georgia or from North Carolina or from Florida and you're trying to get into town, it's tough for a noon game, just logistically. So this could end up setting up to be a really nice opening weekend uh, group of recruits. It could. And, you know, just got a question a few minutes ago, Wes, on the Insiders Forum on Gamecock Central. Do we have a list yet? I don't. Do you? Uh, we are. We will be gathering one, and so we, efforting. we are efforting. Um, even though we're sitting here talking about the game, and it seems ever so close, it is still a few days away. Have over a week, so I would imagine by the end of next week, West probably Thursday, Friday, we'll have it on GamecockCentral.com. We will have a more complete visitor list. But I do, I do think probably going to be a sneaky, maybe not even sneaky. Good list. And we don't even have a great idea right now of who's definitely going to be there, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of thinking there'll be a pretty good group in for that night. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's not. If you look at the schedule, I mean, you, you mentioned the teams that – I mean, South Carolina's not really – anybody around here you're not really, you know, competing with that much. I mean, Alabama has a game. Ohio State has a game. Florida has a game. But, you know, the, the Georgias, the Clemsons, not, not now. So it's, it is a really good opportunity for them to, to get some folks in, and I expect that they will. Yeah, man, I would imagine the in-state guys, like, you know, this 2024 group, you, you know, you talk about a Josiah Thompson, a Cam Pringle, um, a Mazio Bennett. I, I'd imagine they're going to make a strong push to get those guys in. And, um you know, if they can get some of that Charlotte crowd we were just talking about, you know, Chris Pill, the receivers that are up there, um, you know, anybody in just that general not-too-distant footprint, I think they'll have a pretty good shot to get those guys in. Like like Chris said, we'll have we'll have a list for you. Hopefully we can go ahead and get you maybe a little preliminary list here soon so that we don't have to wait for the full list. Um, let's see, what what else we got, man? I think that's about all I have. I'm trying to think. It's the end of the week. We're closing in, y'all. It is almost here. What you it got, is. Chris? Anything else? Any final no, thoughts? Don't think we have anything else. Don't think I have any final thoughts. Uh, plenty more to break down, obviously, next week. So looking forward to doing that. Plenty more over the weekend. We won't have a show this weekend, but we do still have the website. So check out GamecockCentral.com. We'll have plenty throughout the weekend. Yeah, So somebody was asking about Rucker earlier. Um, Beamer did say yesterday – that he is one of the guys uh, – what, what was his quote? See, here's the thing about injuries, y'all. You got to be specific. Let me um, let me find that. So, obviously, CBS, Christian Bill Smith, Kai Kroger were the two they've been most – I would say before they were most kind of worried about. Um, Beamer said probably the one that's most concerning right now, he's been out for a couple of weeks, is Corey Rucker. He still could play, but he's probably the one we're most concerned about being 100% for next Saturday night. So, remains a mystery for when Corey Rucker will be back with South Carolina. And I'm sure with any of those things, y'all, they're working through options, working through, um, you know, how do you feel on a day-to-day basis? How does he feel next week compared to this week? Um, We shall see. All right, that's going to do it for Chris. I'm Wes. I appreciate everybody for joining. Numbers were great today, so appreciate that support. 
Hit that like button on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on the podcast. Tell your friends. We'll see you Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.